Right, hey, what's up, guys? It's Sam Shaw here from Wall Street Mastermind. Back here today with um, another client interview for you guys. Uh, this time with my client Sean, um, and Sean, uh, you know, is here to kind of talk to you guys about uh, the summer internship recruiting process that he just went through. Um, and obviously, he had a successful outcome, which we were very happy about. And so, just wanted him to come on here and share with you guys so that you guys can benefit from his experience as well. So. Um, Sean, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to everyone. Of course, yeah. Um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to do this, Sam. So just to introduce myself, I'm um, Sean Amirthan. I'm a third year at Columbia, um, a rising junior now, I guess. And um, I'm doing financial engineering at the um, School of Engineering here. And I'm originally from Bahrain, lived there all my life, um, and then decided to come to the States for undergraduate studies. Um, Columbia has been great. Initially, I came in wanting to do applied math, but then switched to financial engineering after I um, realized that I wanted to get into the financial services industry. Um, what else? So, like activities I'm involved in on campus are um, I'm involved in the student run hedge fund at Columbia. Um, I'm also involved on the Formula One for universities team, and I'm also involved in Greek life over here. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So, um, how, like, take us back to kind of like the beginning of your recruiting process. So you actually worked with the, you actually joined, um, Wall Street Mastermind, I guess a year ago. It was like April of last year. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but prior to that, like what, what was kind of the situation for you? Cause like you had probably been recruiting on your own and things like that. Uh, what were some of the challenges that you were having at the time? Sure. Yeah. So um, I think one of the challenges and one of the things that really prompted me to try and get additional help was the fact that I was sort of just struggling to get my foot through the door and um, wasn't approaching networking in the right way. wasn't being proactive enough. Um, wasn't sure about how to ask someone because you can't just, you know, straight up ask someone, how do you network? And because there isn't a clear cut answer for that. Um, but that's the issue. Like I did try asking sort of older friends of mine who had gone through the process, but, um, it's tough because a lot of people that have gone through the process aren't as clear or explicit about it. And it's tough to sort of gauge that information from people. So that's sort of what prompted me to first approach you and um, ask you about what are some sort of concrete steps that one can take because um, at the end of the day, it's if you're sort of proactive and actually take concrete steps with, with regards to like reaching out to people that you're actually able to see results from it. So um, I think that was one of the biggest benefits. Another one was just um, sort of improving the behavioral side of interviewing um because obviously like you emphasized and this is something that i didn't know prior to joining the program but it plays a much larger role than most people think just because pretty much everyone can nail technicals because you just study for it and you can pretty much nail it everyone reads the same guides everyone reads pretty much has pretty much access to like the same information but you know getting across the behavior getting uh, across the behavioral side is a lot harder and um i think that's another aspect that really helped out got it okay um and i guess on top of all that 
you also you already mentioned before, but you're from Bahrain. You came here from college, so you're an international student, which actually makes it a lot harder for you as well, right? Yeah, and that was another big deal as well. Like the fact that I didn't have a lot of um, friends that were international students that had gone through the process, so I wasn't. And because it does look pretty different, as you said, for international students compared to um, domestic students, and and sort of factoring that into into where I applied and like how I applied and how I sort of reached out to people was also important. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing there is what just that a lot of these firms don't sponsor visas and so it kind of reduces the I guess the pool of opportunity that you can go after is that the main thing or yeah that's one aspect of it just um and and that that that's a pretty important um point that you raised just the fact that you know a lot of times you'd waste time um reaching out to firms that might not sponsor and if you're on top of that before you actually do it and that's something that I did a lot, quite a bit prior to joining Wall Street Mastermind, um, I sort of misallocated my time, didn't focus a lot on um, the banks that I should have. And that's not productive for anyone because if they're not looking to recruit internationals, then like, why do I spend time on them? And if, if it's a waste of my time, why, why would I allocate so much resources to that? Right. Um, so that that was also something that really helped as well, just honing in on which banks actually do sponsor visas, um, you know, what the long-term prospects look like for a lot of these banks, reaching out to um, people that were international students at these banks and seeing um, what the process looked like for them and um, how lenient they are with, with sponsoring um, internationals as well. So in your experience, because I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who are also international students as well, but in your experience, what are some of the banks that do sponsor versus don't sponsor? And understanding that this stuff can change from year to year, right? Because maybe they sponsor now, but next year they might not feel like it or whatever. But when you were going through it, what were some of the banks that you kind of targeted? Sure, yeah. So um it's it really is a mixed bag as you said like um and sort of going to firm wide events and um talking to hr and and figuring it out is sort of a big aspect of it but i guess a general sort of rule of thumb is a lot of the um european bulge brackets and a lot of the european banks tend to be pretty lenient with sponsorships just because there's a lot of fluidity between like the new york offices and their europe offices so they're pretty, they're pretty good with um, sponsoring. So that that's banks like um, Deutsche, Barclays, UBS, um, Swiss, Swiss, yeah, UBS. exactly. Like they're they're pretty lenient with um, sponsorship, and they're pretty good at it. Um, in terms of American banks, I think a lot of the top bulge brackets are also pretty good with sponsorship, just because it's not that big a line item for them to and like sponsor internationals. So doesn't really affect them in the, like the, the most but where it gets sort of tricky is with um a lot of the boutiques um the boutiques all have like a varying amount of policies when it comes to um sponsorship and um taking on international summer international students as summer analysts so um and and it varies really like like amongst like elite boutiques and boutiques like it really does depend and I think from what I remember, I think like Evercore is pretty good with sponsorship. Um, P 
PJT is kind of on the fence. I think they're a bit more um, conservative when it comes to giving out offers to internationals. Um, I think Hulahan is also very conservative when it comes to sponsorship. Jeffries, I don't think sponsors, period. Um, but yeah, it, does, it really does vary. Got it. So you bring up another interesting point there as well, which is like some of the banks, even if they do sponsor, they're going to be very selective about who they sponsor. So it's almost like it's as if the bar and banking wasn't high enough already, but now as an international student, the bar for you is even higher because if you're only just as good as the the guy who's a U.S. citizen or whatever, it's easier for them to just hire the U.S. citizen because they don't have to go through all this trouble of sponsoring you, right? Like both the time and effort and, and money that they have to spend on, 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 on doing that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, like you said, that is that is largely why um, they're a lot more conservative with handing out uh, offers to internationals just because um, it isn't worth their effort. And for smaller banks, like it is a bigger line item to the, for them as well. Yeah. And they don't have the same resources that like bigger banks do. So they are a lot more selective. Yeah, got it. OK. Um, and then. So obviously the bar is higher for you. It's almost like you're fighting with your one hand tied behind your back as an international student. But, um, you know, you did go to a target school, which helps, I'm sure. But I'm sure it's also the flip side of that is super competitive there, right? So a lot of students at Columbia that, that want to go into investment banking um, and are, are, are very, quite frankly, well-prepared, right? Um, how was your GPA in school, like, when you were going through recruiting? Were you, did you have a pretty good GPA? Was a SOSA GPA? What would you kind of say you stacked up against everyone else? Yeah, so I had a I, – I wasn't, like – I didn't have the most exceptional GPA. Um, it was pretty average, not that great um, by, like, IB standards. So yeah. um, that was definitely another sort of um, arm tied behind my back going into the process. But um, one thing that I quickly learned and like, especially after joining your program was that um, just because that's the case, you just have to compensate in other ways. And that's sort of something that I really um, made up for in terms of networking and um, really highlighting other experiences on my resume, like um, uh, my extracurriculars. So like any finance clubs I'm in, um, stock pitch competitions that I've done. So just sort of being on top of that and highlighting that, you know, you might have an average um, GPA, but that doesn't mean that you're not a sort of stellar candidate and you're not as committed to um, the grind per se. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, okay, so you had all these obstacles that you had to kind of overcome. Sounds like the odds are kind of stacked against you in multiple different ways. Um you needed help on the behavioral interview side of things. Like you said, you were struggling with the networking. Um, you did ask your older friends for advice, but it wasn't super clear. Um, on the technical side, how were your technicals prior to coming into Wall Street National? Yeah, so um, that's also another aspect that, that really um, came through after I joined the program, just the fact that um, with regards to what I thought was required in technical interviews, like it was near, nowhere near what I thought it was um, in the sense that I had like a lot of the basics down, um, like the three statements and um, 
sort of basic finance interview questions, but I hadn't really done much work in on the more advanced topics. So that's like a creative or dilutive M&A or LBOs. And a lot of the times that because of how, how prepared a lot of candidates are, it's those sort of questions that separate you from another candidate. So it's just as important to nail those advanced concepts as it is to um, nail the more basic concepts too. And that's another thing I sort of learned. Got it. Okay. Um, and so prior to Wall Street Mastermind, obviously you had done some work on your own, but like what were some of the resources that you were using to navigate through this process? Like were you just like looking stuff up on Google or YouTube or like did you have a certain course or a guide that you use or what were you doing? Because I'm sure like all the kids at Columbia, you guys probably have a ton of resources available, right? Um, so like what did you what were you personally doing? Yeah. Um, well, like a lot of uh, unprepared freshmen and sophomores, I think I spent way too much time on Wall Street Oasis, uh, <laughs> more than I really should have. And um, that's sort of a mistake that I like if I if I like went through the process again, that's something I would definitely change just um, not spending so much time on like online forums and um, listening to random strangers like 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 taking random strangers advice because you really don't know whether like the legitimacy of what they like they say a lot of the times and um it's easy to get sucked down that rabbit hole too like it's you spend countless hours on it and it isn't the most productive thing to do um but that's one thing i did i spent a lot of time on wall street oasis um read the vault guide um and went and like a lot of the other standard guides um so I also looked at the Wall Street Oasis guide. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and a lot of it was just also um, sort of cursory Google searches and then like finding various questions online and um, looking up um, past interview questions and then, and then using that to study. But it was really time consuming. Um, wasn't as productive as it should have been and like balancing that with school is also tough because um especially like because I'm I'm doing engineering like a lot of my classes took up quite a lot of my time yeah. um so it was sort of it was it was really difficult sort of balancing that with um getting on top of recruiting as well and that's another sort of place that Wall Street Mastermind came in because um it sort of condensed everything you needed to know into like you know, compact modules and it makes it a lot more accessible, um, saves you a lot of time as well. And um, that's one thing I really appreciate as well. Mm, got it. Okay. So, I mean, regarding what you said about Wall Street Oasis, I mean, I think Wall Street Oasis, um, it's not all bad, right? Like it, sometimes once in a while you go in there and you'll find some super helpful. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> there's, there's, there's hidden golden nuggets in there but I like to say like the gold nuggets are hidden underneath like a giant pile of just crap, right? Like that you have to sit through. <laughs> By the time you find it, you have crap like all over your face and you don't really know like, is this actually like a gold nugget or is this just crap? Right. Um, yeah. To your point, you don't really know who's giving you the advice. It very much could be like, it very well could be like some other kid who's no more qualified than you are, 
but just yeah. acting like a know-it-all and then like steering you down a certain direction right because like if i were to ask you in hindsight now that you have a job right and knowing what you know today if you were to think back on like i don't know something you were on wall street oasis that was completely false like could you think of something like that because i could probably think of one like right off the top of my head um i bet you someone has probably told you that if you have a 3.2 gpa then you can pretty much kiss and for making goodbye right that's probably something that you hear on wall street races all the time right yeah and in reality like we have so many clients that have gpas between three zero and three five that have gotten into investment banking right not even like not even necessarily from the top schools but just like like you said because they know how to compensate for it in other areas right and i don't think that when people say this kind of thing i don't think they're necessarily being malicious or they're trying to like mislead you on purpose it's really just that that's their worldview because they don't have any point of references where they personally know someone who has that type of GPA who has gotten into banking. So to them, they're like, oh, it's impossible. No one's ever done it before. Right. But at the same time, like they haven't seen that many people that have actually applied for these jobs. And, and more importantly, they haven't seen that many people that have applied to these jobs the right way. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't base, you can't base like uh, your, you, you can't like take their opinion and just like turn that into, you know, something that's factual or whatever. Right. Cause if you look at it from our worldview, we see so many clients that have gotten jobs with GPAs in that range. And so we have a totally different belief, which is, Hey, how like the higher your GPA, the better your chances are going to be no doubt about it. But the bar is not set at like 3.7 or above, which is probably what people would tell you at Wall, on Wall Street Oasis. Right. So I just like, I was, I always like to tell people that because I feel like so many students get discouraged when they go on Wall Street Oasis and they spend all their time in there. And there's all these people telling you, you can't do this. You can't do that. Or like, if you end up anywhere except for Goldman Sachs, then you're trash, <laughs> whatever. Right. And it's like, none of that stuff is true. Right. And like, I think the, the worst part is like, it prevents a lot of people from either even trying to go after their dreams or it prevents or, or maybe people still try, but like they're trying with this huge self-limiting belief in their head, which then like hinders them from actually performing to their highest potential. Because like, even when they get that interview or when they go into that networking conversation, they're walking in there feeling like they're lesser than maybe the other kid who has a 4.0 GPA when in reality, that shouldn't be everything that you base your self-worth on. Right, right, exactly. So I think, you know, to your point, um, I always encourage people to not spend too much time on Wall Street Oasis. We have our clients use it for very specific things, right? Like sometimes it's good when you're trying to like crowdsource stuff, right? Like, hey, has anyone taken the higher view for Morgan Stanley and sometimes people will post the questions on Wall Street Oasis and I think that's awesome. Right. But like I wouldn't go on Wall Street Oasis for people's like opinions and things are that, that are subjective and not really factual. I right. don't really find that as helpful for that kind of stuff. I don't know if you agree. No, yeah, I completely agree. Um and like another example of something that like um occurred to me when like I was 
like going through Wall Street Oasis like freshman, sophomore year was just that at one point I thought that Columbia wasn't even a target school, which um, <laughs> like in hindsight is pretty ridiculous. But like that's the sort of things you end up seeing there. Like, oh, if you don't go to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, like there's no way you're breaking into like any <laughs> any any sort of uh, bank. And um, yeah, I think ultimately just like, like you're right. Like it is a useful resource um, um, in terms of sort of gauging um, the applicant pool and like talking to other people about um, the application process, for example, um, especially like in these times with like COVID right now, like I think um, one thing a lot of like my friends at least have found useful is just like seeing which internships have got canceled, which um, banks are sort of giving out jobs at the moment. So I think in, in terms of that, like it's definitely a great resource and a great forum, but um, you're right. Like in terms of gauging opinions and stuff, a lot of times, like you do need to take things with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like taking the people that are going to build you up and be a positive influence and block out the people that keep telling you like, you can't do this, you can't do that or whatever. Right. Because that's, that's not really going to serve you. Right. Um, but okay. So you use a bunch of like, whatever, Google, Wall Street Oasis, Vault Guide, Wall Street Oasis Guide. You kind of did it all, right? You talked to upperclassmen. Um, still wasn't really having the type of success that you wanted to have, it sounds like. Then I think you came to Wall Street Mastermind, right? Um, what do we actually work with you on? Or like, what do you feel like? changed for you after you came into the program so i know you kind of touched on a little bit you said one thing was it made it a lot more efficient for you and it saved you a lot of time because we take all the information that's out there and we kind of organize it all in one place and actually i don't want to put words in your mouth like why don't you talk about it? like what what was most helpful to you <laughs> yeah sure and like you sort of alluded to it but like it's that structure and i think um having that structure is so important in like the recruiting process because it moves pretty quickly. Like, like, you know, apps open up rapidly and like you like interviews come out immediately. And if you're sort of all over the place and you don't have like a clear um, structure or like organized plan on how you're going to tackle it, like it's, you're, you're making your life pretty difficult and, and recruiting would be a lot harder than it needs to be. So I think that's uh, one way Wall Street Mastermind really helped me out, just um, giving the recruiting process like a lot of structure and um, um, having some sort of organization and plan going into it and um, adhering to that. Like it's a, Because like you said, it's efficient, first of all, but it also um, makes you feel a lot more prepared. And um, a lot of the times, like going into interviews, it's all about your mental state going in, like if you feel a lot more organized and prepared, like you're bound to do a lot better than um, you would if you weren't organized or didn't feel prepared. Like if you'd been cramming using guides like uh, the night before an interview, um, you're not like, it's not likely that you would do as um, well as someone who went into it like with preparation and had um, actually got a clear schedule and, and was ahead of the curve. So I think that's that's sort of where it really came in handy. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, if I play devil's advocate for a second, there's a lot of people out there that say, 
oh, well, like all the information you need is already out there, right? All the information you need is, you can find it on Google. You can Google anything nowadays. So like, why is this of any value? Like, are they, are we actually teaching you anything that you can't just find on your own? I mean, what would you say to that? I mean, I mean, like the issue I have with that argument is just the fact that like, there's also a lot of misinformation out there. And um, especially when, I mean, like now, like, especially when you're a sophomore and especially if you don't sort of have connections um, or like friends slash family in the banking industry already, like it's, it's hard to know to sort of filter through all the junk and like figure out what's right, what's wrong and what the best approach is. And you could, you're, I mean, like hypothetically, you're right. Like you could, you could just use Google, but it would take you so much time and would also just be such a strain on your life in general you'd you'd end up spending like a lot more time than you really need to um and that can like affect you in in, like a lot of other ways like a lot uh, something a common sort of um complaint that i've heard before from like um friends of mine that are like going through recruiting right now is just that like oh you know like how do you balance school and like work or like if you have an internship at the time with like recruiting like i don't think you can do that like bro, I might just like flunk this midterm for my interview, but like, you don't, I don't like, that's not necessary just because if you have a clear structure and um, everything's organized and you know exactly what's right from wrong and you know uh, what to focus on and like where to focus on as well. Um, like, rec- like recruiting doesn't need to come at the expense of something else. And it's something that's very doable as long as you have that right, that, right plan and um that's something that wall street mastermind gave me got it so basically if you think about what you guys are being asked to do as a candidate nowadays i mean by the way i recruited you know more than 10 years ago and i thought it was competitive back then but things only continue to get harder and harder over time as is the case with anything not just investment banking right 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 Um, but you guys are essentially being asked to be great students, have good grades in school, uh, be really active in a bunch of clubs and extracurricular activities, do multiple internships. Um, ideally, they're relevant internships, you know, within finance and things like that. Uh, not even enough to just do it over the summer anymore, but sometimes during the school year, right? You're probably being asked to network with, you know, upwards of hundreds of bankers, which is what a lot of my clients are doing. Uh, you got to learn all the technical questions. You got to prepare all the behavioral answers. Um, and so there's just all these things on your plate and you still only have 24 hours in a day, right? Other people that are not trying to recruit for investment banking, they're maybe just worried about maintaining their grades and then that's it. <laughs> and they have the exact same amount of time as you. And so how are you supposed to not drop the ball on any of this stuff? Or maybe you do drop the ball on one of these things, but that could be the thing that prevents you from getting in, right? Like if you, if your grades suffer, like you flunked that midterm, like you said, because you want to focus on recruiting and now your GPA is too low. Well, guess what? They won't hire you if your GPA is too low, right? So it's like, at the end of the day, you're making trade-offs no matter what, like whatever you choose to do or however you choose to do it, there's an opportunity cost of, hey, time, time is money right? Like we only have a limited amount of time. Once that time passes, it's never, it doesn't replenish itself. 
right? Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so basically, like, we just, we take everything you have to do. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway I'm hearing from you is, hey, because you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing step by step, and you have a very structured process, or almost like a proven system or like a playbook that we have all of our clients go through, and it's been battle tested, and we know it works. Well, a phenomenal success rate, right? Like 93% as of today. So you know that, hey, as long as I execute and I follow the game plan, I'm going to be fine. Like, I don't have to do all this trial and error and go online, find some information, try it out, see if it works. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't, I realize like, oh, I got bad information. Now let me go find more information and try that instead. That's what takes a lot of time right yeah yeah exactly. or like having to network with bankers and not really knowing like how to have those conversations which is probably how you were feeling before the program but you just end up going through the motion and you have all these conversations nothing's coming out of it that's a huge time suck as well right right exactly and the thing is like the process has changed as well like recruiting is starting as early as like the spring semester um sophomore year too so like I feel like prior to that like a lot of people would rely on the summer you know having more free time to sort of um get up to speed with on like technicals and like and um prepping for interviews using that extra time after your like internship during the summer or like that sort of period um like after your internship ends and like before school starts to sort of like really nail down stuff but like that's not the case anymore like banks are recruiting a lot earlier now and that sort of forced people to be a lot more on top of it like during the semester and that's why it's so important to just have some sort of structure and be able to balance it with like other aspects of your life too and um that's sort of why that organization is so important got it okay so then you talked earlier about like how you feel going into the interview like it's a mental state right like you feel more organized and you feel more prepared you're going to feel better and you walk in there feeling more confident, right? Why do you feel like you, why did you feel like you were more prepared? I mean, both on really like if you think about an interview, there's like the technical portion and there's the behavioral portion, right? But like what, why do you, why did you feel more prepared going into the interview than you would have before Wall Street National? Like what, what was the, was there like one or two things that would just like kind of change the game for you or what was it? A part of it was definitely the community, like um, seeing that this system has worked for other people and like seeing other people sort of talk about how, you know, they just got an offer. Like after you hear that, you know that, okay, it was a level playing field. Like I learned the same things. I went through the same system as that other guy in Wall Street Mastermind. And immediately like within that community, you get a sense of like, you know, if, if they can do it, like I can too. And, um, that sort of gives you a confidence because you know, now that like the system definitely works and, um, you know, if it's working for other people, like you just have to keep pushing and, um, um, make sure it works for you because you have all the tools and you have access to everything. Like it really is a level playing field at this point. So that's sort of what, um, gave me the confidence at least going into an interview and just knowing that like, you know, I've done everything I could. I'm, I've sort of, um, I'm, I've come in prepared as prepared as I can. I just need to do it at this point. 
Got it. Yeah, so you're just talking about the effect of being in the right environment, I guess. Like, to your point, you, you didn't really know a lot of international students around you who maybe had successfully gotten into banking. And so maybe your worldview prior to Washington Mastermind was like, hey, I don't know if I can do this or not. Versus after joining Washington Mastermind, you see all of our other clients around you who probably go to like schools that are way less of a target school than Columbia and maybe didn't have perfect GPAs either and whatever the flaws they had, but like they were all getting offers too. And that shifted like the belief that you had inside of you, which is like, hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. And so right. it's like more being, being part of like a winning environment or playing on a winning team. When they say like you're the, you're like the average of the five people you spend the time you spend the most time with or whatever, but like, that's just another way of saying like environment really matters, right? It's, it's like why parents a lot of times would go through great pains and great sacrifices to make sure that their kids are in the best school districts or going to the best colleges, even if it costs more money because they want them to surround themselves with other good students so that it'll be easier for them to be a high performer as well yeah exactly got it okay that makes a lot of sense um what about like your technical abilities i know coming in you were feeling a little bit iffy about it um like what what would you say is like the biggest difference between how you learn technicals and wall street mastermind versus like how you will learn it anywhere else yeah um so I think a lot of these like guides and going through them by yourself is um, definitely not like it, it's it you don't spend you don't allocate as much time as you should to it just because often like you go through something and you'll be like, oh, I know this like I've done this before. I like, you know, I've, I've built a DCF before like I know it, but you don't really question yourself on whether you actually know it. You sort of just assume a base level and um you sort of just go forward with that because of, you know, your inherent biases, like people often are a lot more confident than they should be. Um, so that's sort of one aspect that Wall Street Mastermind really helped because the questions that they like technical questions are, it's not just like walk me through a DCF, like that's a very basic one, but often like it's a lot more intricate than that. And like ask you about a lot of like the nuances and like, um, that's like something I never really thought about before the program. Like, obviously like I knew like a lot of the the base level stuff about like a DCF or the three statements and stuff like that. But um, I never really like explored why, uh, like explored the why behind a lot of those concepts. And that's sort of what's important and um, figuring out like the why behind a lot of the things, like a lot of the inputs in it, like, and the assumptions that goes, that go into a lot of these models is just as important as like knowing how to do them. And like, that's something that I definitely learned through the program too. So by exploring the why, you're just saying like, hey, maybe before, if I said, hey, like, walk me to a DCF, you could tell me the formulas and whatever, but like, you didn't really understand conceptually why those formulas are the way they are or how to explain, you know, like if you have to teach this concept to a sixth grader who knows nothing about finance, you probably wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it, that, that's what, that's sort of what I meant by the why. And just like 
um, not just high understanding it like at a high level, but just like understanding it to the core and just like getting everything about it. Because like often a lot of the questions um, and like often how they separate like candidates um, in interviews with like technical questions is just asking them in, in sort of weird ways. And like the only ways to like answer those questions is if you like inherently understand it. And um, that's another sort of thing I learned as well. Got it. So having a having a application knowledge where you're able to apply these concepts to different scenarios as opposed to just saying, hey, I memorized the specific answer to this question and I can only answer if you ask me this exact question that I already memorized. Right, exactly. It's a different level of understanding, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about on the behavioral side? Like, what do you think it takes for someone to have more confidence on their behavioral answers? Because I actually find that the behaviorals are a lot of people are more confident about their behaviorals because they feel like it's easier than the technicals because it's just talking about yourself, right? But at the same time, it's also like you're not completely sure if whatever answers you have are actually good answers. Right? Like you just don't know. So what do you think is actually necessary for you to feel like, yeah, hey, I feel really good about these answers. I'm just walking into that interview and, you know, feel like you're totally prepared. Like what does it take to do that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like there's two parts to it. So like one of them is definitely, um, you know, crushing it when you, when you're networking and like building a repertoire with like, um, bankers and like whatever firm you're interviewing with, because firstly that gives you a lot of confidence and gives you like a lot of, um, sort of understanding of the firm's culture. And like the only way to really do that is through the network, like the networking part of the process. Like if you don't, um, network enough and you don't know enough people at a firm, then you're not really, you, you won't really be able to gauge the firm's culture and like understand whether, um, you know, you're a good fit for that firm. And um, that's like another thing I never really considered the whole concept of like, whether you're a fit for the firm. I thought it was like some sort of nebulous bullshit that like firms throw out during like firm wides, but like, that's not true at all. And like, that's like one of the biggest mistakes I made, like yeah. not realizing that like fit is really important and like why the behaviors play such a huge role because that's essentially the purpose of them to gain whether like to gauge whether you are a good fit for the firm. And um, like I said, so like, that's the first part of it, you know, just like establishing that repertoire with a lot of bankers at the firm and um, making sure you understand the firm's culture and understand um, what it, what, what it would feel like to actually work there. And then I guess the second part of it is just um, approaching it systematically. Like, you know, having, having um answers to a lot of these questions and really like self-reflecting um and making sure you know yourself because i feel like um and like this is this is like another common mistake with a lot of um applicants like going into the process is like there's a specific type of person that like a lot of banks and firms are looking for but like that's not true at all like I mean, sorry, that, that is true to some extent in the sense that they're looking for someone who's competent, driven, you know, hardworking and like actually wants the job, but they're not looking for like a frat star or like, uh, you know, an athlete or something like that's, that's not true. There are people like from all over the spectrum 
people from all like walks of life that end up in banking. And like, that's something that a lot of people don't realize. It's the fact that like, if you stay true to yourself and really self-reflect and know, um, know how, like, know, know um, how you would like deal with different scenarios, like that's when you would be most successful in like a behavioral interview. If you like, if you're just honest with yourself and like, that's another thing that like the program really helped me do like Wall Street Mastermind helped me sort of self-reflect because it's hard to sort of self-reflect and like answer questions like what are your biggest weaknesses and stuff like that because again like a lot, like everyone has their own biases and unless you like talk it out with someone and um you know like really dig deep and have someone sort of probe you in on them like it's tough to sort of figure it out because most people aren't as self-aware as like they should be in other words whatever you think whatever answers you come up with on your own you're usually going to think it's a pretty good answer because you're the one that came up with it. But in reality, there might be something that's not that great about the answer. You just won't be able to figure that out on your own. And so you need feedback from other people to help you see where you can improve, but all, not even just anyone, but ideally you're getting the feedback from someone who's really experienced and has actually interviewed a lot of different candidates so that they can not just give you their highly subjective opinion, but they're actually basing, their feedback to you on a very large sample size of data that they can compare your answers against. Right. Right. Exactly. Got it. Okay. That makes sense, man. So, um, so what ultimately ended up happening? Like what was the outcome of your recruiting process? Like obviously we alluded to this earlier, we had a happy outcome, but like, can you talk to people a little bit about what ended up happening? Like how long did the process last for you? You know, what kind of offers did you end up with? just give people a little bit of a sense yeah sure so um ultimately it all worked out um so i joined the program in april-ish um and then sort of um went through the program went through all the modules and then started getting interviews throughout the summer and um like throughout the sort of beginning of, of fall junior year and um and um largely like every, every like pretty much like every interview that I sort of went into with like the approach that I'd learned um, was successful in the sense that, you know, um, as long as I sort of built a repertoire with like the bankers at the firm and really focused in on it, like it was largely successful. So um, yeah. Got it. Okay. And how many offers did you end up getting ultimately? Um, ended up getting three offers. Um, so I applied, like, obviously you apply to a bunch of different places. Yeah. Um, sometimes it doesn't work out for like a various number of reasons and like that's beyond your control, but all that it takes is just having like that one offer and getting your foot through the door, which was like my initial goal. Yeah. So yeah, thankfully I ended up with three offers, which is really nice. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Cause then you have, you had choices actually versus a lot of people just kind of take whatever offer they can get right they're just happy to be here um can you describe at like a high level um you can disclose who they are if you want or if you're not comfortable just at a high level like what types of banks were these like what types of offers were you getting yeah sure so um um a lot of so a lot of the work that i'd done um prior to sort of recruiting was um oriented in sort of healthcare. So I knew I sort of wanted to 
you know, go to a bank that focused or like didn't focus on healthcare, but like specialized in healthcare where like that was their sort of main group. Or like if I applied to a bigger bank, like I wanted to make sure that, you know, I, I really got along with like the healthcare group within that bank. So um, thankfully, like I ended up um, getting offers from banks that specialize in healthcare and like banks that, that you know, are up there in the league tables um, uh, for healthcare. And um, yeah, that's why I was sort of really happy with the outcome. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like you're going to um, a bank that's, you are ta- you're more targeted, but you were focused on a specific niche. And you just wanted to make sure that whatever bank you ended up at is really, really good in that area. And you were able to land at a bank that basically is really good at healthcare, uh, which is exactly what you wanted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That's awesome, man. Um, any last, we only have a couple minutes left here. So any last minute advice for people who are like maybe people who are in your shoes, you know, maybe they're younger than you, but they're, they're in where you, they were, they're in, well, not in your shoes. They're where you were previously. Right? Maybe they go to target school, but maybe their GPA is below average for banking. Maybe they are international student. So they feel like the bar is even higher. Um, what's something that you wish someone had told you back when you first started this process? Like, what would you want to tell these people? Yeah. Um, I guess I think the biggest thing to focus on, like going, like if that I could like wish I did again and like my sort of main uh, advice would be just to um, really make sure you have structure. And like, that's sort of been the theme, like throughout like all the conversations we've had, but, I think a lot of people underestimate how important it is just to, you know, take approach this with like a systematic, um, and, and like a systematic approach and like actually, um, approach this with some sort of organization and not just like, you know, read one guide and like switch to another if you don't like that. And then like, you know, focus on like DCFs, but like, you don't really need to care about LBOs. Like, but if you like have a systematic approach and get through everything and really focus on nailing like every part of the interview process. So, you know, a lot of people think that technicals are the end all when it comes to interviews, but um, like, like we said, like networking is just as important and like behaviorals are also just as important and focusing on like every aspect, um, the same amount and making sure like you don't sort of slack off with regards to more like soft skills um, is, is, is so important. And, um, with regards to like just getting your foot into the door and like maintaining confidence, like, especially if you're like an international student or you don't go to a target school or something, like, I think it's just important to, uh, make sure you, you have the right community around you. Um, and like, that's another thing we talked about, just like being in a winner's circle, like instantly helps your mental state and helps you feel more prepared just because, you know, if you're in the right community and, um, you're in a community that's a lot more supportive and helpful then you automatically it sort of lifts your spirits and helps you feel more motivated as well because you know keeping your motivation up during the process is also super important like it it does get pretty long and it, it it does get pretty arduous you know just balancing it with everything else in your life too so i think just staying motivated is also just really important got it okay it's a lot of great advice man appreciate you for doing that um so look guys i think uh 
the moral of the story or my main takeaways from this conversation is just that one, um, don't, don't listen to a lot of the negative voices out there that might be telling you whether it's on online and forums, whatever, that might be telling you that because you have X, Y, or Z flaws, then you can't, you know, get into investment banking, right? Like most of the time that's not true, right? What you really need to do instead is figure out a systematic way, a systematic approach to tackle all the challenges you have in front of you and will help you basically compensate for maybe some of the shortcomings that you have because nobody's perfect. Everybody's got some weaknesses, right? But if you can make up for that in other areas by being, you know, outstanding or better than your competition, maybe on the technical side or on your work experiences or on your networking and things like that, um, you could totally get into investment. In fact, Sean got more than one offer. He got three offers, right? Which means it wasn't a fluke, right? So um, I think, look, if you guys are kind of feeling like the same way that Sean used to be feeling, if you guys are maybe in a similar position that he was in, and you're looking for that more systematic approach, and you're looking for that supportive community where everybody's winning together, and you want to be a part of that, um, and maybe you don't have a lot of resources around you, um, that's what we're here for, right? So if you want to see if this is the right thing for you, what I would encourage you guys to do is to book a free strategy session with our team. Um, you can do so by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Uh, the street's abbreviated to ST. Okay, so it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. Um, and what we'll do is we'll hop on the phone with you. We're going to spend probably an hour with you just learning more about your situation, what your goals are, what challenges are you having. And then we're going to give you our very honest assessment on, you know, whether we think we can help you or even if not, we're still going to give you advice on what we think we would do if we were in your shoes. Right? So we're going to try to steer you in the right direction. Um, and just help you get one step closer to your goal, right? Um, and so that's an offer that, you know, I just want to make to you guys. Um, and, you know, we look forward to speaking to you guys soon. So, um, Sean, I want to thank you a lot for taking the time to hop on today and talk to everyone about your experiences. I know a lot of people are going to find this conversation super beneficial for them and just even just like inspire them and give them hope that, this can be done despite the odds, right? And obviously I want to congratulate you on all the success and getting multiple offers. And I look forward to seeing, you know, what you're able to do this summer um, at your internship and obviously eventually what you end up doing full time. Um, and so just thank you again for coming on here today. And obviously um, don't be a stranger and let's stay in touch and uh, let me know if I can ever help you with anything else. Daphne, thanks a lot, Sam. Thanks for giving me the platform today just to talk about all this and talk about the process and um thank you for helping me throughout the process too i couldn't have couldn't have done it without the program and that's sort of what i emphasize throughout the thing yeah no absolutely it was an honor and uh really enjoyed working with you and uh and uh like i said again looking forward to what you accomplish in the future all right thanks cool. man. well guys that'll be it for today and uh you know we'll be back soon with uh, more of these in the near future all right thanks for tuning in bye